Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Last week we learned and that we have a mission. We spoke to our ministry. And then we spoke to the mission. What is that? Jesus wants us to have a mindset of mission. In Acts 1.8, we're going to go a little deeper into this discussion today. We find Scripture says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The phrase that I want to pull out of this this morning is, and you, you shall be witnesses. To me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Let's pray. God, today, Holy Spirit, I need you. Lord, I pray that you sweep across this place, Father. With your presence and your power, Father, we don't need another church service today. We need you to touch us, God, in a way that changes our lives. And so, God, I ask, Lord, that you begin to move on these people, Father. Lord, every person involved in the ministry, I pray that you touch them today. Don't let this just be a normal church service. Lord, I pray that you awaken them, Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, give them ears to hear your word. But more importantly, I pray that you open their heart wide up. Lord, so that their heart can receive your word. Because if their heart receives your word, God, they'll go forth and tell it. Lord, they'll bubble over, God. They won't be able to contain it. And God, we need that in the church today. We need that in the church. Lord, I pray that you touch me one more time. That you move on me with your direction and your power. God, help people to see you through me. That's all I want, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said... Amen. He always comes to us. Amen. If you're not already seated, you can be seated this morning. We found last week that Jesus wants us to have a mindset of mission. 
Fellas, can you turn me down just a little bit? Because I promise you I'll scream into their souls today. And we find that when we get into the Bible that there's a specific mission that we have. What the Bible says in the Great Commission is to go. Now, I'm going to blow you away with some Greek understanding today. When you read the word go in the Bible, the Greek means to go. And so because we need to go, it's a, a very important thing that he's talking about. We need to go and reach our families. He's talking about we need to go and, and reach our co-workers. He's talking about us being witnesses. Ye shall be witnesses. And this word deep is go. This word go is deep because it gives us an understanding that we just can't hang out anymore. It's not okay just to lounge at the table. And so, I'm sure that they would, the disciples would have loved to hang out in the upper room. I'm sure that they would have been okay with hanging out in the upper room. But Jesus says to go. He gives us a commandment. He gives us an understanding. And as a, a believer, your mission is to go. Last week, I said something that, that I said, if you choose to accept it. And I hope you have this morning. Lord, help me. I talked to you and said if I had a life-saving cure for cancer, all types of cancer. I'm just setting a background for today. And I, I chose not to share it with anybody. How would that make you feel? If you found out that I had the cure for all types of cancer and I didn't give it to anybody. That's the same thing with Jesus Christ. When you have Jesus Christ, you've got the cure. You've got the answer. And if you refuse to share it to, with people and to people, then, then how are they going to see you? When they get to heaven, when, when, when they're judged on judgment day, and they know that they talk to you every day of their life, and you didn't answer them or you didn't, you didn't give an account in whom you believe, they're going to wonder what in the world happened. Why did this person betray me? Amen? So... How long have you been going to family reunions? How long have you talked to your neighbor at the mailbox? How long have, have you sat with somebody at your job? How many years? This means you're not taking your mission seriously. We begin to get into it last week. In Luke 24, 44, I want you to read the words in red. I hope they're on the board. It says, then... He said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. Then he goes on. He said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. That's important, that word Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He said, I want to give you this biblical understanding and I want to open your minds to understand it. See, Allah can't do that for you, church. 
Buddha can't do that for you. But Jesus Christ said, I'm going to give you the scripture and then I'm going to give you the understanding of the scripture. You don't have to make up your own understanding of it. I'm going to give it directly to you. See, that's what we do in today's society. We don't read the word of God and then we come up with these scriptures and these sayings that aren't even in the word of God. And then we're in trouble. And so he begins to open to them and he begins to say, that they need to become witnesses. The Bible gives you an understanding that you are a witness. Yes, it's for your growth. Yes, it's for your development. Yes, it's so that, that you can speak to people. But I want you to understand when he said witnesses, he was talking about this world, this nation that is dying and unsaved. He said, be witnesses. And he began to open their minds, their understanding, so that they could understand the personal work of Jesus Christ. You understand that Jesus is personal today. How long has it been since, since you studied the Word of God and you let it get in you? I mean, maybe some of you have studied for years, but when's the last time that you put that Word of God into effect? Well, pastor, what do you mean? When, when is the last time that you sat next to someone in the doctor's office and you begin to speak something that, that you've learned in the Bible to them to change their life? When, when is the last time that you, what you've learned has been given to someone else so that they may learn too? Because if you're not doing that, you're not on a mission. Hey, let me correct that. If you're not doing that, you have not taken up your mission. Because listen, we all have a mission. We all have, have these things that we need to tell people, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. Jesus wants to be in your life, but we're not doing it. Because if we were, church houses would be packed. Do you know how I know? Because people all over the world are hurting. People all over the world are broken. People all over the world are looking for something to transform their life. We have Jesus, church. Why would we not give it to them? Let's keep going. We have to draw them to the Savior. If you haven't done this, you're not carrying out your mission. Many people say to me, Wow, pastor, I can see the purpose of God in your life. You're wonderful. You're, you're, you're amazing. You're confident. You're this and you're that. And you're sitting there thinking, wow, he's, per, he's pretty full of himself today. But the truth is everybody likes a confident, but that's just simply not true. I'm not wonderful. I'm not great. I'm not any of these things. As a matter of fact, the truth is, is, is I can't fulfill any of those things that you say about me. But the thing that, that brings us all together, see, we may not have a lot of co in common in this room. But the thing that, that brings us together is that, that when, when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. And I was on his mind. He went and he bled and he died. And he, listen, rose again because the thing that makes us common is Jesus Christ. He transformed me. He made me whole. He, listen, he brought something out of me that would have never been inside of me without him. Don't you understand the love of Jesus Christ? There is none good in this room. However, Jesus Christ came to transform our lives. And so there's no good in me. 
but your purpose is the same as mine. Whether I stand on a platform every Sunday or I sit in a church pew, my purpose is the same as yours, and that is to witness the love of Christ to people. The problem we have is that God is not going to tell us to witness or where to witness if he knows that we're never going to do it. Listen, I, I, I've been to the bottom. Kate and I have been to the bottom. It's been on my mind the last several weeks. We had, Kate, Kate and I had great families, and if it wasn't for our families, we would have never made it out of there. But I, when, when we got married, I made $400 a month. I had this old beat-up pickup truck. It's, it's really been like on my mind. It was an old beat-up Toyota pickup truck. Brenda, do you remember it? The whole bed of it, I, I had to put the bed back together because I, I needed a bed on the back of the truck. And the only thing in the truck that was good, Mom, do you remember? The only thing that was good in the truck was the bottom of the, of the bed. So I got cardboard from every place I could think of. And I made the whole bed out of cardboard. And then I got that putty and I puttied over top of it so it looked like that I had a bed. And that thing would barely run. As a matter of fact, I had to, to craft an ignition, a T-switch so it would even turn on. And I'd get to going in that thing and it would bounce and it would jerk, and I'd drive it to work, and I'd be jerking all over the place just trying to get there. And I remember thinking, God, Lord, listen, why do people, we had a kid, we had a baby. Why do people try to have 29 kids when they can't take care of one? You ever wondered that? And so I, I can't, I'm making $400 a month, I got this beat up pickup truck and I promise you, I felt like one of the tires was square. That thing beat me to death. Listen, it only had one bolt in the passenger seat. And when people would get in, I was already shaking all over the place. And when people would get in that thing, it would jerk them all over the place. And I used to always say, wear your seatbelt. Because I knew that the seatbelt, when it strapped them in, would hold them there better. Because all of the other places for a bolt was rusted off because you could see through the bottom of it. We were broke, we were messed up, we were destitute, but I remember one day I was fed up. I was over it. I went out and I said, God, if you will touch me, Lord, if you will get me out of this, I will never fail to tell everybody who you are. I will never fail to tell you who got me out of it. I will declare your name. Listen, it goes way back. It goes farther back than that. Listen, when I was a kid, you know I had a severe learning disability. I couldn't read. I, I, I couldn't read. Now, I remember one day, I couldn't talk about this for a long time. Nobody wants to be stupid. One day, I helped my teacher. She's like 187. She went, literally came to school on a walker. And she had all these books and stuff in her car. And I carried all these books in and I got all this stuff for her. And I helped her in there and I got her all set up. And I went and got her a glass of water. And I was just so excited. And they gave this special... They gave a special certificate away. And they hung your picture on the wall of the school right outside the principal's office. Well, it was about the end of the day. And they called my name. Buddy. Yep, that's me. Listen, with this special certificate, they, gave, they put something on the wall. They gave you this little certificate. And you got a 7-inch Pizza Hut pizza. Highlight of my life. I thought I'm moving up. And so I jump up. I begin to walk out of there. I was, I was strutting. 
I'll never forget it. I get down to the office, and there's my mom and dad. I'll never forget this either. I thought, how? They brought mom and dad in for this one. This is huge. And then I go into the counselor's office. He set me down. You remember this? He said, Mr. and Mrs. Dimmel, we want to tell you something. We've tested your son on multiple levels, and we don't think that he'll ever read. You know how crushing that is for a kid? I mean, I was moving to the top. I was going to have my seven-inch pepperoni pizza, my picture out on the front, and all of a sudden, I'm reduced to, and this is what I thought in my mind, you're stupid. Changed my whole life. That was like a Monday or Tuesday. I remember I had this red Bible. I still have it. I should have brought it to the front. I took that Bible to church with me. I didn't tell anybody. You know, it came prayer line time. Y'all don't know what prayer line is. When I was a kid, prayer line got nuts. You want to talk about going to the club? You come to the church prayer line. Because you ain't got time for the club when you come to the church prayer line. Listen, these old ladies would line up. Everyone on walkers, canes, wheelchairs, assistive devices... Some of them had stuff on their arms. They'd drag it along. They'd get there. They'd go ahead of time, and they would spend $175, and they'd have these great big hairdos. They would have 14 cans of hairspray in that thing. And the Spirit of God would begin to touch these old women. And them, them, listen, those bobby pins would shoot like heat-seeking missiles. I'll never forget thinking I needed to duck because I was in a war zone. We don't do that in today's society. You have a prayer line. One old granny that's still left comes up. And she wants to pray for her whole family. Everybody else is good. Come on, I'm talking to you today. Remember I said we're going to have real talk? So I got in the prayer line. I'll never forget. I was about the fourth person back. Have my red Bible. By the way, do you know what the most read Bible is? A red Bible. Anyway. Had my red Bible. Up under my arm. I was about the first person back. I was like eight years old and I was taller than Brother Barr. That was my pastor. He came to Pastor Appreciation if you were here. And so I hovered over top of him at eight years old. And he said, what would you, what would you like? Prayer for today. Looking up at me. And I said, he said, I'd never read. And he didn't say another word to me. I didn't have to go into a big explanation. He began to pray. And this is what I told God standing there. I said, God, if you teach me to read, if you help me to not feel stupid, if you just touch me, then, then I promise you for the rest of my life, I will serve you. I will tell everybody how wonderful you are. I will tell everybody how great you are. I'll tell everybody how magnificent you are. Listen, I read a book a week now. At least one. That's not including the Bible that I read every day. Because listen, he changed my life. Now here's the thing. People tell me all the time. 
They say, well, I got this issue, and I got that problem, and, and I got these bills, and I'll never make it out, and, and I'm broken, and I'm this. Listen, if God can touch somebody like me, you don't have an excuse. You get yourself a vision. You get an understanding of who God is. You start to believe in the God of the Bible, and he'll take things like reading disabilities. That everybody, listen, do you understand my whole life I had to combat the fact that I, not anybody else, I, Thought I was stupid. And I had to fight that. Listen, you may be fighting a lot of things in your life today. Stop right there and give it to God. Become a witness. Listen, how do you become a witness? You tell stories like that. You tell stories of how there is no hope and there was no help and there was nothing that you could do. Listen, I'm blessed right now. Listen, I got four cars sitting in my driveway. I'm not telling you that because there's something great about me. I'm telling you that because God has blessed me, listen, substantially. It's because that I chose to give him everything that I am. Listen, you want to tell me, you want me to tell you something else great? Anybody that needs a vehicle, you come to my house and I'll let you have one. You know why? Because God gave that to me. I don't care if you wreck it. I don't care if you break it down. I don't care if it never comes back to my house you know why God gave it to me and so you got to be a witness oh Lord help me all you want to do when you're a kid make your parents proud that day in that office I felt like I didn't make my parents proud. I'm 35 years old. You know what I want to do every day? I want to make my family proud. I want to make my mom and my dad proud. I want to make my children proud. I want to make my wife proud. I want to make my wife's family proud. I want everybody to be proud of me. But the only way that they're really going to be proud of us is if we make it to heaven. Don't you understand? You can have cars and houses and insurance and bills and great jobs and cute. I don't have a fancy education. But I tell you this. Listen to what I'm saying to you. You find the gift that God gave you. You know, most people don't know what their gift is. They'll never find their gift. God gave every person in this room a gift. And what, what well, pastor, what is my gift? Your gift is what you do with the least amount of effort that you love. That's your gift. What is that? Find that. When you find that, you know, I, I, I was I was an imaginative kid. One time, Mrs. Mundy's class had this these paper building blocks. Anybody ever seen them? I mean, these things are like this wide, like this tall. She's teaching up front. This is why she didn't like me. One block at a time. There's a girl next to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One block at a time. I built this wall. I'll never forget this as long as I will. This thing was like this wide. But like this tall. She's just teaching away. Baby, one block at a time. Out. Wall. Trump needs to call me. I know how to build walls. <laughs> I got this thing to where it was over my head. And I ran through it and I said, 
to this little girl. Smash. Dude, the whole class went nuts. I mean, class was over for the day. It was time to play. It was time to have fun. The teacher was irate. I was always in a principal's office because of my imagination. I, I would, listen, roll around when I, when I was like, uh, how old was I? Well, I was like 13 still. My mom and dad bought me this gun, okay? Now, now to, in today's society, like just the fact that I'm telling this story can, can get me excommunicated. My mom and dad bought me this gun. Do you remember the movie Dances with Wolves? Remember that gun that guy had, Kevin Costner? I had that gun. It was legit. It looked real. Like if someone would came to my house and I pulled it on them, they would have thought I was like pulling a real gun on them. And it had the holster and it said, U.S., Right there. The greatest thing about it was my mom and dad somehow found, found this gun and it was left-handed. I'm left-handed, right? But I didn't have a belt. My dad says, is there anything you need? He said, I said, I need a belt. We were, we were, we were poor. He goes in the back room. He worked at Osco in an iron foundry. He comes out of the, I will never forget this. He comes out with this belt that's probably my size right now. He, this thing is like, it'll wrap around me seven times. And he, he begins to saw that thing down. And he put a point on it, a little edge, that way it flipped in the, in the thing. And he strapped it to me. And he said, I got one better than that. He goes to his old nasty work boots and he pulls out a shoelace and he ties it around the bottom of my leg. Oh, that changed my life. I went out. I was rolling around. In the backyard, listen, the Indians were coming after me. And I was shooting and I was rolling around and I was just, because my imagination was huge. What am I telling you? You've got to have a vision. And, and listen, your vision can't be what you think today in this church. You think you got a vision, you ain't even close. Because listen, when you begin to let God move in your life, when you begin to let God speak into your life, when you begin to let God touch your life, he will begin to expand everything that you are. And when he begins to expand everything that you are, what you're thinking in that church pew is not even close to what God has for you. He said, I want you to be a witness. You have a job. Your first job is to minister to the house of God. We found out the second job is your mission. You are supposed to go forth into all the world. And we're going to see what that is in a minute. And minister the gospel. You are to be a witness. And when you do that, when you fall in line with that, when you say, God, listen, I've got these troubles, but I'm asking you, I'm, I'm relying on you to take care of it. He will begin to transform who you are. You hear what I'm saying? So mission, or ministry, mission, vision. We're going to hit this hard in January. I've got all these things for you that God has given me. I have no idea where I'm at. But my point is this. When you learn the scripture, and you let God move on you, he will open your mouth. Your gift will make room for you, wherever you are. You know, where I'm at, I shouldn't have that job. The previous job that I was at, where I was at, I shouldn't have had that job. I'm not smart enough. But God took care of it. 
You know why? Because I said, I will always serve you. I will love you and I'll put you first. I will tell everybody I know about you. That's putting him first. People come to me with ridiculous things like, well, pastor, my wife's first. You're in trouble. Well, pastor, my job's first. You're definitely in trouble. But I can't say, uh, you're in trouble. I mean, there's that. I can't say that to people. So I got to look real pastorly. I'm going to be honest with you. I've only been a pastor for four years. I, I don't know how to do it. And so you're in trouble. So when you come to me and you like tell me all these things that I'm thinking, well, what does the Bible say? Like, have you read the Bible? Because I can be a great pastor, but if I'm not giving you the bread of life, the, the word of God, then you're wasting your time. And so I'm not going to be diplomatic with you in my office. I'm going to tell you what the word of God says. That doesn't matter if you get mad at me. That my, that, listen, I've had Chris, good Christian people cuss me in my office. I mean like sailor cussing. You, you know, like there's like cussing and there's like that. Because I, they didn't, I, they ex, people expect you to tell them what they want to hear. But see, God did a miracle in my life. And he's done miracle after miracle after miracle. There's many of you in this room that he's done miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in your life. What I'm saying is go back. When, listen, when you get into trouble, go back to your last miracle. Ooh. But that's a sermon series. Go back to the miracle. Listen, when God is working in your life, or maybe you feel like God's not working in your life. Maybe you're broken today. Maybe you don't know which way is up. Maybe you feel like the avalanche of life. Come on with me. The avalanche of life has hit you, and you're more broken than ever, ever before. Go back to your last miracle. That is where you will find the hope of this world. His name is Jesus. Oh, he wants to transform who you are. He wants to make you a witness today. Can I get a witness of the witness? Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.